welcome. Grab a snack. Come on in. This is Bob and Joyce. We're former HROD executives who want to support other HROD professionals in doing large, high-impact, bold work in a time that really needs the values and skills of HR and OD. In these podcasts, we will share our experiences on topics that are relevant both to you and today's business world. We're both glad you're here. Welcome, grab a snack, come on in. Hey, Bob. Hey, Joyce. So, do you have an idea for today or can I run with mine? Uh, I'm going to defer to you. Okay. Well, yeah, and I... If you had said, oh, I'd have an idea, I'd say, let's go with it, because mine is kind of a nagging, uh, meandering, important topic that's been triggered in me by the transition of power that's going to happen tomorrow. And it made me think about power, because we've seen two very polarized approaches to power, and sort of saying, where does power lie? Where, where does power belong? And we kind of, in our first intro, we talked about we're doing this because we believe one thing that our institutions are in profound change and that we want to use and have used very democratic small d approaches in our work. So I just wanted to noodle around on that. Yeah, I like that. I, uh, I hadn't looked at what's been occurring or has occurred over the last few weeks through the prism of power. Hmm. Um, but I, 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 that's really intriguing to me. Hmm. Um, and I'm kind of going, well, then what did you look at it through? You know, it's, uh, I think when you're, it's like, it's like how your eyesight gets distorted when you're too close to an object that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this is so raw and strikes such a nerve with me that mm. what I'm feeling isn't very rational. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Oh gosh. So anyhow, I was thinking how fundamental to, I'm kind of wanting to say to listeners, we meant it about the democracy and the institutions <laughs> that we believe and we've seen how it can shift and release spread out power in an organization. And we've seen how people have taken that learning into their homes and their lives. So we mean it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I was thinking how we just kept trying to share and spread out the power. So for instance, when we had managerial training that needed to be done, we had managers do it. You know, we did always train the trainers and um, in even in running meetings at the high level, if I could rotate the leadership, it first of all, it relieved the burden of running a meeting. Isn't that a pain in the ass? Total, total. <laughs> and and if you're at at a C-suite level, you can kind of just I should well. <laughs> yeah, it can you become non-democratic. <laughs> it can become non-democratic. Um, so. 
But I'm thinking of this. We brought in a representative slice of life uh, all across the company for human resources to listen to. And I trained the whole human resource department on how to facilitate our guests at the table. And from that came our work on diversity inclusion that got way ahead of, we were doing cultural fluency in 25 years ago. And um, the, a whole new position at retail, the yep. associate relations manager. So we pulled together 700 people at Foodline, 350 each for input into a new um, iteration of Food Lion and where it needed to go. It was in all of our work was where yeah. do we want to spread this power? How do we want to co-create? And so there and there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you gave some great examples how we introduced the concept of people having the power in, in meetings and how we communicated and how we met. Um, and the competence. Oh, well, th th that was kind of- The assumption the is. If, if I look at, uh, we talked last time about trauma. Yeah. Uh, I see, uh, you know, I learned about the power of small d uh, when dealing with downsizings and store closings where, um, the me with the best of intentions with HR would try to prescribe everything that would happen to people that were impacted. And it was kind of a, this paternal, let us show yes, you care. Yes, we're going yes, yes. to give you choice, <clears throat> but not really choice. And the pushback uh, that we got, I got from people saying, don't tell me what to do. Or how about if I don't want to do that? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, at the time, it, it really confused um, me because I was, I, I felt it was our role to say, this happened, it's not good, but here's what we're going to do for you. Here's what we're going to do to you. Mm -hmm. um, so you it, dictator, HR dictator you. Yeah, but I, I guarantee it's still happening today. Oh. And it's uh, wanting to take care of. Um, well, I'm thinking about a downsizing that I took part in that we created, you remember that? We created a center, uh, like a career center. Career center. Of course, you know, because you and I were rude to the people that came from the outside to do it. Well, it's, it's interesting on two different levels when we talk about power and shifting it to the people. Mm -hmm. It really happened on two dimensions. Uh, when you put together the career center, Mm -hmm. It wasn't, as, as you just alluded to, it wasn't bringing these experts in from the outside. Mm -mm. It was using the, the talent within supplemented with new information, new methodology, but that career center was run entirely by uh, our associates. Yeah, and people came in uh, with pretty wide choice ability. Yeah. Would you like to retire early? Would you like to explore another career? We brought in, or we did some career development sessions, financial sessions so that they, but it was set up to allow for some decision-making with fingers crossed that we hit the numbers. 
Yes. We did. It was amazing how many people, when given the choice, uh, different age groups, mostly those that have been there a while or new, said, I might like to explore something else. And, and this package might help me do that. So it was, and we had to meet every day. It wasn't easy. No, no. We met at the, remember, we met at the beginning and end of every day. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes, For all kinds of reasons. Yeah. Well, you know, the the other, uh, and I think this was a positive. You know what? We also gave at least a 14-day, think about it. Yeah. If not more. We had an overall timeline in that downsizing of maybe six weeks. But within that, I forgot my point. Okay, something about time. Oh, there were in within that there were individual timelines for making the decision, but the decision wasn't made and then delivered and then out you go. I don't know. You know the other thing, and and there we're talking about downsizing and some people leaving the company or facing tough choices. I also found that creating and shifting the power uh, gave uh, permission, if you will, normalized people working through their emotions. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the reasons we would meet is, is someone would come in and they would blow up or they'd be angry or they'd be scared or sad. And in the absence of what we set up, I'm not sure where that would have gone, you know, or where they could go. Right. Uh, and, and I don't know, something, something right happened because I, I know that many of us got thank you notes for how it was handled. So, and you, you had asked me before we started, how would you apply democratic methods, you know, to the real world? And I, I mentioned restorative justice um, of deep listening to the 70 million that felt not heard, that felt invalidated, that felt robbed. And to have people trained to have a good facilitator bring together Republicans, Democrats, whatever you want to call them, yeah. to do cross listening to one another, not just one group, not just Republicans talking to a facilitator, not just Democrats talking to a facilitator, cross listening to pull out the truth and gather their truths in a basket. I would do a million of those, but, um, and the other was a search conference, which we used. I remember we, it's a wonderful methodology and I hope people out there are familiar with it for pulling a whole slice of life of a community together and having them talk about what they do see in common reality and then approaches for, so what? What do you wanna do? And you look at the history, it's a wonderful methodology. Is, is part of, um, what makes that work, making sure that you have um, broad representation in the room? Yes. Because yeah. the cynic in me uh, says, how's that different than a Trump rally? And I don't want to politicize our conversation. But you haven't chosen before you got in. Say that again. You haven't chosen a side. And plus there is no side when you have a whole community. Yeah. So that's the problem about working with all of our polarities, Democrat, Republican, Black Lives Matters versus whatever. But 
you want all voices, then you get a richer stew and it takes away the power of the polarity. Yeah. And it, but um, you said something last time about uh, conducting a listening session and uh, the, the uh, relief and cathartic effect and you barely spoke, uh, you didn't try mm -hmm. to solve. And so would you suggest the same thing here that whether it's parts of our government or part of Biden's team, would it be the similar, same thing? Sure, we're talking about how, how to get broad listening so decisions can be made, so common ground can be found. Um, so with the search conference that we did to look at the HR department, we were thinking about some redesign. We invited in a literal slice of life of the retail stores from custodian to store manager to bakery, everything. But I trained the HR department top to bottom, uh, administration support, finance, whatever. I had a day, uh, I think it was really just a morning session with all HR employees yeah. to be the facilitators of this search conference conversation. Did they do it? Yes. Did I give them a few principles? Like, you know, if no, if one person isn't talking, say, oh, I haven't heard from you. Pretend this is your guests at your home and you want to hear from them. And so you're at the dining room table, talk. <laughs> Listen, ask, um, and boy, did that make HR much more willing to take action than it might have been. Well, what what I having been a part of that experience because I I was the head of a, a function, so I didn't necessarily facilitate. But being someone who went through that experience, a couple things I observed. Were you there as a guest? No, I was there. I, I don't remember my exact role, but I was the head with me. At any rate, where, where I'm going is in a deeply siloed function where comp and benefits didn't really see mm -hmm. other parts of the organization and, and other parts, training and development didn't really get uh, compensation. You almost saw those walls between departments evaporate. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So that was one thing. And the, and the second, I think probably more important, the, it, it dispelled the notion that they were being done to. Mm -hmm. And also, here's the truth. Competence for big problems, possibilities, creations exists throughout the company. Yeah. And if, you know, from a coaching point of view, when you're coaching, your assumption is this person is capable and competent and can run their own life. And we're going to build on that. And well, we also did that in the warehouse where we had warehouse people redesign the whole approach to distribution. And it was so stellar that people came to <laughs> to see it, to believe it. And it got very complex and very, it had lots of burps, <laughs> but it was bold. <laughs> Their um, performance evaluation system was like, whoa, you don't have time to work because you're sharing development so much, but you know, I learned. So I know um, I'm going to put my interviewers hat on. So uh, get ready to grimace, I suspect. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
if if I think about us sharing our experiences from the past and then talking about the urgency mm-hmm. of where the country is and how OD and HR can lead, whether it's the healing, whether it's shifting mm-hmm. to power. Um, w- we talked about what government could do. If I'm an HROD person, I'm wondering, given what's happening in the world, what can I do in the context of this democratic small D within my organization? Well, I think we were talking about it. Yeah. Check when you are in a control and command situation instead of becoming, using power to elicit talent and problem solving and how do we structure to do that and explore the search conference is one good way restorative justice approaches are another so you i think you don't deal with the outside world although it, the outside world certainly is entering into work in a larger way so I don't think you gag anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I ask and I, I agree, you know, whether it be the listening sessions, whether it be bringing cross-representation in. What I'm observing from my uh, diversity and inclusion colleagues yep. is since the, uh, the events of last year mm-hmm. uh, and the Black Lives Matter movement yep. and the backlash of white supremacists, they're really busy. Meaning the organizations are bringing them in, help us lead the conversation. Uh, What do you think about that? Is that something that, uh, it's certainly happening. I'm just curious how this conversation fits with that trend. Well, once again, when you feel like you're carrying the world and you can't do it all. Yeah and that you're tap dancing to give or prepare or be generous or be controlling or whatever, stop Yeah. and say, how can I spread out both this burden? And I don't wanna say burden, this important workload on my shoulders. How can I spread that? And if everybody spread thin, I don't wanna hear that argument. That's always true. Mm. And what, I said, I kept my budget low at one point because I said, just give me 10% of your people's time and we don't have to buy three new positions. Like when we did, well, we did a a global learning session to talk about learning across the company, right? Yeah. And really great things came out of that. And it was a pretty, I think it was HROD across the world. Yes. And they experienced a new way of working without tight hierarchy, especially for some of the Europeans. So I just think you go back to method, method, method. How do I spread responsibility? How do I spread opportunity? Um, How do I, how would I act if I assumed that all of our employees have untapped potential? How would I tap that? how even allowing people to apply for projects and opportunities so that they're not, you're not blessed with it by the magic wand of high (laughs) potential. Um, Well, I think another time we could actually 
list. We'd have to <laughs> prepare, heaven forbid, <clears throat> to talk about those tools that really helped create a very different culture. Yeah. Going, we did go from command and control to high participation and involvement. You know, I think we should do that next time. Ah. <laughs> Meaning, I, I think you're spot on. And I think, given our conversation today, that is a great topic to follow. Okay, or a webinar. Or a webinar. Oh, wow. That would be exciting. So, oh, you know what, too? We got to just mention this to listeners. We are going to find out a way to offer handouts and tools and things that we used and liked. And it may be through Facebook, it may be who knows, but we want to give you those materials. Absolutely. And we have our Facebook account uh, uh, so that people okay. can access that so we can start populating. You know, um, here's what comes up for me, and we'll kind of get into the closing uh, part of this. As, as someone who's a little bit controlling, meaning me, um, this whole time- Do I know that part of you? Okay, I like things to go my way, okay? Do you? Huh. Yeah, I do. Okay. If, if it matters to me. Okay. This, the controlling part of me is, it is a little bit terrified of letting go. Mm -hmm. And I once had a, a, a CEO that he, he created this great visual. He says, Bob, he says, you know, with all this stuff we're doing around people and OD and interventions, he says, sometimes I feel like I'm like sitting on an elephant and the elephant is the organization and I'm sitting there and I don't have the reins. I don't even have a, you know, a holster to put my feet into. Um, and he said, it just feels like it's out of control. Mm -hmm. Um, and oh, by the way, I wanted to say, and we're doing the best we ever have as a company in the last 20 years. But anyway, right. I'm, I just, uh, I don't know whether it's there's- It's really hard for CEO level, C-suite level uh, to learn to manage differently. You know, their job is to bundle the power of chaos. You yes. know, steer it this way and steer it that way. It's more like going down the rapids than not. Um, And the other is find a way to take a temperature of what's going on in the company. I could not head a company without having a weekly, hour-long lunch or after, I don't care when, conversation with a random grouping of people from the company. Because you can't travel. To, well, it'd be easy today and people would be used to it. Easy peasy. Great, great use of Zoom, yeah. Zoom zaps. Um, so I don't know. I for, Oh, so how do you when you're feeling out of control? Most good CEOs that I know know how to tolerate that. And it is takes um, it actually takes kind of uh, healthy parenting. Yeah. And I'm thinking of one of the best CEOs I worked with who would often refer to you let it go as far as you can without um, anybody hurting themselves or blowing up the house. And you have to stay slightly aware, but you don't sit on that energy. Yeah, I, I raise that because uh, I just want to give our listeners, and perhaps they knew this before, uh, that it may meet with some resistance. It may be, okay, <laughs> I hear what you want, but why? Um, well, I don't think you explain it to the CEO and ask permission. 
first of all, you begin small and you do some things and they work and you pull them in. You don't ever say, we're going to change our, I don't think you do. The minute you say, we're going to change our culture from this to that, people are going, yeah, you know, I'm- I don't want to change. When we, when Hannaford was acquired, I had this immediate reaction to don't change the logo. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to hang on to the darn logo. Um, and I'm thinking of the warehouse executive I worked with when we did the most progressive work. And also the CEO did okay that. Yeah. And he did watch to see if we were going to burn the house down or not. But in a meeting, um, this guy got frustrated. He said, I know how to be a good dictator and you're trying to make me into a communist. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, maybe somewhere in between. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, right. that was what his gut feeling was. For sure. Yeah, it's the old, you know, it, we're all heading towards socialism. So let's let's close this conversation. There are uh, last thoughts that you have. Pearls of wisdom. Oh, honestly, Bob, you do pearls. <laughs> you don't have any either. Well, no, I, I oh. think. Not that it hasn't already been said, but I, I think it's, you know, it's not that you become subversive, but it's like, start the conversation, you know. Uh, or start the action. Yeah. Meaning how, when, when I first came, it was, let's go do team building. Let's do a little of this. And we'll come back to that. Yeah. We'll come back to how you can sow a lot of seeds in very, spread and small behavior. Yeah, I guess another pearl for me is the, the answer is out there. I think sometimes as leaders, we think we have to have the answer. We have mm -hmm. to have the solution where it's really turning that on its head. Right. So, okay. Isn't that great? You can be a top leader and not have to have the answer. I'll tell you, some of the best leaders I've ever worked with never broke a sweat. I know. I, I, I worked with one top executive on how to become a lazy leader. He choked you know, staff. Yeah. That, okay, we, we got to stop. We got to stop. Wait so a minute. The point on. of this, the point of this was, as we head to a shift in power, where do you want power to be in your organization? What fits with your purpose? What fits with your goals? What fits with your values? But you've got to be conscious about where you want power to be and where power is, energy is. Cool. Thus spaketh OD. So, so Joyce, there's the final word. Say, say goodbye to everyone. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Bob and Joyce podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up an idea or two to go forward and do great work. For more information, please visit us at bobandjoyce.com. If you like today's podcast, please click subscribe. And even better, give us a quick review on Apple Podcasts. It supports us and helps others to find the show. If you'd like more ODHR content, please follow us on Facebook by searching for Bob and Joyce podcast. Until the next time, be well and be safe.